Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guide, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to focus a little bit on Washington. Just a little bit on this episode. We're, of course, going to talk about the CFP ratings. We're going to go in on a subject. Of course, a put another subject upon further review, and we will have the dope of the week. But for right now, headlines, please. D-line college football. All eyes will be in Tuscaloosa. Now, for those who don't know the city, well, one, it is 20 miles or so west of Birmingham. Two, that is where the University of Alabama resides. Well, the eyes of the football world will be focused 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific for the class between LSU and Alabama. Now, when the two teams were both prominent at the same time, we saw a defensive slugfest. This time, I think we're going to see a wide open game. Yeah, I know. Well, if you look at both offenses, they just are wide open and they're fast from all sides of the field. Now, the other, I guess you could say some focus would be on this one as well. Uh, of course, the one of the teams that is in the CFP running, Penn State, they will be traveling to Minneapolis. They will face also the when sorry the undefeated Minnesota Gophers. We will talk about the CFP rankings a little later in this segment. Dateline Oakland. I'm going to be saying that fewer and fewer times. The Raiders played the Chargers in Thursday night football. It actually was a pretty good game as the Chargers fought back feverishly after Phillip Rivers was just absolutely atrocious in the pocket. Had to come back from a 13-0 deficit to take the lead 24-20 when a 30-yard scamper by rookie running back Josh Jacobs sealed the deal for the Raiders as the final score was 26-24. The game, of course, ended by a Phillip Rivers interception. That puts the Chargers at 4-6, and six, which it looks like it's harder and harder for them to even conceive of a playoff spot. Meanwhile, the Raiders, who looked moribund last year, they may actually have a chance to snatch a playoff spot. Five and four, seven games remaining, and the slate to come seemingly in favor of the Raiders. They actually might do something and make a little noise come December and into January. Dateline Tallahassee! Now, Earlier this week, the head coach of the Seminoles, the football team, Willie Taggart, was gone. And then there was scuttlebutt about who was going to replace him. And at first was going to be Bob Stoops because he allegedly signed his name on the dotted line and they were about to come to an agreement when Stoops himself shot that down. Uh, memo to... FSU fan uh, Stoops actually is the head coach of the soon to be Dallas Renegades yes the XFL team so he already is employed and he's not going to turn down that job for this one someone who might not turn down the FSU job 
Yes, that prime time. Yes, the man who was the 1987 and 88 All-American Honors Award winner. The man who in 1988 won the Jim Thorpe Award, the top defensive back award. The man who still to this day, at least once a year, goes back to goes back on campus and speaks to the football team. The same man we see on NFL Network. Yes, the same man that just talks a whole ton of trash on the field. Yes, that same man who has been coaching basically under uh, under Armour all all American game players is being heavily considered for the football head coach job for Florida State. Now, what I would deem as the guy who, to me, put FSU on the map nationally might be the same guy that will return Florida State to its prominence that it enjoyed for much of the latter part of the 80s, all of the 90s, and the small part of the early 2000s. Dateline! Some Asylum! Antonio Clown. We haven't talked about him in roughly two months. We about to talk about him again. And why? Well, he's about to meet with the NFL next week to decide where they're going to go in terms of what they discovered in their investigation of his sexual assault issues that he has still ongoing. Now, for those who don't know, the civil suit that was filed against him has been dropped. But there's still other issues that he still has to hurdle over. So he's due to meet with them next week. Thursday, he decided to go ham on Instagram and Twitter. Firstly, Instagram. Quote. <clears throat> at NFL. I'm going down another path. No more money making off my blood and sweat. No more control of my game and body. Clear my name and I am done with it. So you fantasy can let it go. Close quote. Now, Twitter. Quote. Imagine conforming to a system giving it a 100% to see them treat me like this is unfairly. Making money off my sweat and blood, <clears throat> the NFL, I will never play in that <clears throat> treat black people the worse. Clear my name and go <clears throat> yourself. Close quote. And he's going back to school for an English degree. I digress. He later walked back those comments on Twitter Thursday night by saying the following quote I'm just very frustrated right now with the false allegations and slander to my name I love football and I miss it I just want to play and I'm very emotional about that I'm determined to make my way back to the NFL ASAP close quote well it's good to find that you know the subject verb agreement in punctuation as well in your walking back tweet versus your stream of consciousness forget the NFL ones go back to the asylum in which you crawled under son get that man right anywhere day 
Dateline Los Angeles. Kawhi Leonard, currently the best player going in the NBA today, went to the load management department. In their tilt at home against the Bucks, Coach Doc Rivers decided to put him on the bench, and it was for load management reasons. He played the next night at home against the Blazers, which they won that game. Of course, they lost the game against the Bucks. Doc Rivers said the following in terms of defending his decision to rest Kawhi Leonard when he really wasn't injured. Quote, he feels great, but he feels great because of what we've been doing. We just got to continue to do it. There's no concern here. We want to make sure. Kawhi made the statement that he has never felt better. It's our job to make sure he stays that way. Close quote. And with that quote, the Clippers are now $50,000 lighter in the wallet. Load management takes a blow, but we're going to see more of it in the coming months. Get ready for more disappointment, NBA fan. Dateline, New York City. So, the free agent ward that basically ground to a halt last offseason, it might get a shot in the arm, or it might be slow in maneuvering this year, too. Well, one of the general managers of a team, the uh, the Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos, he made remarks earlier this week involving free agency. And this is basically what he had to say about it. Quote, every day you get more information and we've had time to connect with 27 of the clubs. Obviously, the Astros and Nationals being in the World Series, they were tied up. But we had a chance to get a sense of what other clubs are going to look for and look to do in free agency who might be available in trades. Close quote. Now, this year, there are 168 players who filed for free agency and also 500 other minor league free agents to boot. The Players Association of Major League Baseball was not happy about those comments. The executive director of the MLBPA, Tony Clark, had this to say about that. Quote, the statements made by Braves GM Alex Anthopoulos call into question the integrity of the entire free agent system. The clear description of club coordination is egregious, and we have launched an immediate investigation looking into the matter. Close quote. Well, if it means that uh, you all going to have free agents wait until March to get signed, like Manny Machado to the Padres and Bryce Harper to the Phillies did, uh, I think it would behoove the teams to force the hand of the labor union. Mind you, the Major League Baseball labor union is the strongest of all professional sports. It would probably behoove the team to put the pressure on you to not have free agents take their sweet time. But hey, what do I know? I'm just an analyst in the game. Dateline Indianapolis. 
So the first college football playoff rankings were unveiled. And the four teams that adorn it are from four to one. Penn State, Alabama, LSU, and the number one team in the land, Ohio State. Conspicuous in the absence of those four teams, the undefeated defending national champions, Clemson. They came in ranked number five. Below them was Georgia. Below them was Pac-12's Oregon. Below them, Pac-12's Utah. Now, there's two things that stuck out like a sore thumb. One, they are, in my opinion and estimation, positioning themselves to have the loser between LSU and Alabama be in the top four, even if they don't go to a conference championship game. And I say that because... Really, it was supposed to lay out as Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and Oklahoma. But since Oklahoma took their loss last Saturday to Kansas State in Manhattan, then we have the up-for-grabs scenario that we presently are looking toward. Now, that's the first impression. The second is those four teams you see, you got two games this month one of them being this weekend, that they will square off. Of course, LSU and Alabama, they will face off in Tuscaloosa this Saturday. Two Saturdays from now, the other two, number one, Ohio State, number four, Penn State, they'll go at it in the horseshoe. What I'm thinking is the... CFP committee, I think they're trying to set up a playoff atmosphere now. And I think they wanted to create two elimination games. Unfortunately, I don't think the first one will work as an elimination game because in my estimation, especially if every other team has a loss, including the the conference champions and, and all other leagues except for the SEC, it would be quite difficult, especially if LSU loses, for any other team to say, well, we won our conference. Well, okay, you have a team that beat every other team that faced them in every tough challenge they had, except for the number one team in the country. That's a little difficult to really explain away. They'll try. They'll miserably fail. But this is going to be exciting. The next three or four weeks, it's going to really be telling and of course it's all leading to the first week in December where you have pretty much all the conference championship games played and then the final rankings the week after that so those are what I think is going to happen I still think two SEC teams will make it to the CFP I might be wrong the way it's looking I really don't think I am Later, we're going to talk about D.C. and sports, but not necessarily the Nationals or the Mystics. And upon further review, of course, going to have the Don't of the Week. That's later. But coming up next, the Nationals go to Washington. Oh, I'm so sorry. The Nationals already play in Washington. I mean, the Nationals go to the White House. What transpired there? Well, I'm gonna go. Go. 
pain that you're suffering is so unbearable, so painful, so bad, so horrendous that you just simply can't see the forest for the trees, literally, that all you can feel is heartbreak and loss. Well, I have a free audio for you. It is titled How to Heal from Heartbreak. Let it all come to you so you can be about the business of healing. Today is a new day. Claim it at getoverdivorce.org. know what to make of the Nationals going to the White House. So as is customary, normal customary, (laughs) of the four professional sports, but we have seen it less and less the last few years, the champions of each sport normally visits the White House. Well, this was basically baseball's turn, and so it was the hometown Nationals who went to the White House. Well, they didn't have far to travel. And many of them went. Most of them went. There were some who didn't. I'll talk about the some who didn't. And I'll talk about what happened on the South Lawn as I go. It was a beautiful sunny day Washington of course is just in the throes of being happy that the Nationals won the World Series the first time that the DC area has won a World Series in 95 years and and yes conspicuous in their absence third baseman Anthony Rendon closer Sean Doolittle who verbally said that well verbally and eloquently said that he just didn't want to make it there and and other players along with them. You still had others who were there. Such as. Long stay of the Nationals. Ryan Zimmerman. The MVP of the World Series. Steven Strasburg. And. Catcher. Kurt. Suzuki. Now, of course, he got the lion's share of the coverage because he was pumped. He was happy. He was jovial and Hawaiian. Decided to really have fun, as he would say in his comments. He really got into it and donned an autographed Make America Great Again hat. The president, being so happy in the moment, hugged Suzuki from behind. When he was asked about why he did what he did, Suzuki said the following. He was 
quote, just trying to have some fun. It was amazing. That was the president just trying to have some fun. Everybody makes everything political. It was about our team winning the World Series. Close quote. And I do get that. I mean, it's it, this really isn't a political thing. It's really more of an honor. The, the institution invites you to do something. You might as well take part of it. And you're being celebrated in, in this tradition. Yeah, I get that. So it didn't politically matter who and doesn't truly really politically matter who is in the White House. Now, I know that may that may have you all say, well, Cole, you suck in having that opinion. Well, VIP, look at it this way. If an entity that really has nothing to do with what you do. But is is high in esteem, invites you to a place because of something that you did better than anybody else. You're going to turn it down because you just simply are acting funky. Sure, there's some things that you may not like about the person. There's things I don't like about President Trump myself. However, that's still the president. I still live in this country, so I have to really honor that. Whether I, whether I want to do that or not, I have to respect the chair. And that is not a Republican take. That's just a citizen take. you got to respect the chair. Now, you may not respect all of what the person that sits in the chair does, because quite frankly, I can't think of one that I have wholeheartedly agreed with, including this one. But it's still the Oval Office chair. And I still am a United States citizen. I have to respect that chair. And if the president comes a knocking on my door and says, you know what? We want to honor you, Cole. We want to honor Cole Sports. Why don't you come on down? I would go down there. Now, I would probably bend his ear and say, okay, and you know, there's some things that I love that you're doing. There's some other things that I'm not quite so sure about. But I'm going to enjoy the, I'm going to enjoy the, the festivities. I'm going to in, enjoy the fruits of it. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to enjoy the Big Mac or the Wendy's triple that I might get served <laughs> while I'm in the White House. But I'm, I'm going to enjoy the honor nonetheless. So I'm with Suzuki in that. Realm. Now, would I put on a MAGA hat? No, and not because of peer pressure, but because I just don't support President Trump like that. Just don't. I respect I respect the position. I respect the fact he got there, but I wouldn't don a MAGA hat. <laughs> that just wouldn't be mean. I wouldn't I wouldn't don a yes we can have from Obama either. So uh yeah, no. Longtime mainstay first baseman Ryan Zimmerman had this to say about the event as well. Quote, this is an incredible honor I'd like to think none of us will ever forget. We'd also like to thank you for keeping everyone here safe in our country and continuing to make America the greatest country to live in the world. Close quote. Ryan, I, I, I love you, bro. I have to disagree a little bit here. Here's why. There, there's certain things that President Trump has done that, yes, it's made us safe. And there's other things that make us turn that eyebrow and say, uh, you're getting us in more trouble. Now, I won't go further into 
that politically because it's not this is not the type of show. However, if you were to stand on that stage and say something, I would say I would think you would have to say it in a little more appropriate in in manner. Be a little more learned and a little less myopic about being there, you know. And I'm glad that y'all are are getting your roses. You need to because you you did something that very few teams do. You from the wild card position are considered the best team in your sport. So I really do, I really do acknowledge that, and and I'm I'm happy that President Trump decided to celebrate you guys. I think it's cool. Now, <laughs> what some grabbed onto in the other moment was when Steven Strasburg, the MVP of the World Series, starting pitcher who went eight and a third in game six, he said his piece. President Trump extended his hand. Strasburg looked him up and down and then went and hugged a national member. Now, some would say, well, hey, the president was stiff. Then he was. Strasburg said, along with that image, hashtag fake news, because he explained that he shook the president's hand before he got a chance to get on the podium to speak. Here's why I feel I think we all get it misconstrued. Going to Washington or not going to Washington should not be a political thing when it comes to sports. It should be just a straight up honor. The highest chair in the land is saying, you did a great job. We need to honor you. Quite frankly, I'm sure most of the politics that the players of all four of the professional sports hold, Donald Trump disagrees with. I'm sure of it. And I'm sure that he would disagree with a lot of my viewpoints as well. And good, he should. Because I'm not him, he's not me. However, if he wants to honor me, I would be glad to take that honor. And I think we all should have that viewpoint and not say, oh, great, it's a guy who, who's a GOP member or, oh, great, the guy who supports the donkey. Oh, I really don't want to go. No, no. Forget party affiliation. Forget political affiliation. Just go there because the White House wants to honor your achievement. It's just that simple. It isn't political. It is about your accolade, your accomplishment. For it to become totally political is, it really taints, it it taints the ceremony that informally began under the Reagan administration. You know, so if the president wants to honor you, fine. Accept that honor. Now, I respect if you just if you decline. I mean, back in the President Obama days, uh, especially when the Steelers won their two championships, and actually in the W days, you know, linebacker James Harrison, when he was a Steeler, he declined both times. So, I respect your decision. If it's one of those personal things and it's a reason as to why you do it, fine. I respect that. That's your choice. You're right. You're an American citizen just like I am. But don't make it a political thing. Unfortunately, now we're seeing that with the NBA. We saw it a little bit with the NFL. And like I said, this isn't a conservative or liberal take. This is more of a 
you're being honored. Why don't you take the time to just say, you know what? Let's grab a rose in this in this moment that I'm being honored. That's it. It's no no elaborate thing. And, you know, congratulations to Nationals again. But if the honor is extended, take it. Because you never know when you will be honored by the highest seat in the land ever again. So what if it's someone that you disagree with who's sitting on the seat? You're being honored. You are being honored. Run with it. Yeah, just take that honor and run with it. When I come back, the dote of the week. <laughs> You've tuned into the classiest sports show on the planet. Cool From the vault, a look back at a key moment in sports history. November 9th, 1996. The heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson, was a 25 to 1 favorite against his challenger, Evander Holyfield. Many feared for Holyfield's life as they thought that his time was done. His time was passed and he had health concerns coming to him. However, Holyfield stood firm, stood fast, looked Tyson right in the eye and starting in the second round of that fight, dominated it. And that fight ended like this. Looking at a sports legend in the purple trunks, Evander Holyfield. Holyfield continues to dig in. A left hook to the head. He's got Tyson in trouble. Tyson's ready to go. It's the most unbelievable thing I've ever been privileged to witness. Mayhem. It is Bedlam. Holyfield went on to beat Tyson once again in an unfortunate circumstance with Tyson biting off his ear and winning it that way. Evander Holyfield proves that the ultimate underdog can shine brightest over a domineering favorite as he TKO'd Mike Tyson on this date in 1996. From the Vault, brought to you by Coles Hey, you. You want to write? Uh, you're a blogger. Do you feel the need that you can express yourself, but you want to do so through manuscript? Or are you a journalist? Well, come on down to The Breaks Media. We are looking for bloggers just like you. And it doesn't matter what field in which you want to write in. We want to see you and your words put on paper. Well, put on virtual paper. 
Just go on to thebreaksmedianetwork.com or email thebreaksmedia at gmail.com and we will be glad to receive your request and put you on the fast track to have your words be read by thousands of people. The Breaks Media, we're looking for writers just like you. Drink down, no more two-stepping. Don't hurt the weak. Don't the weak is sponsored by nobody, but we still are going to give it to you straight with no chaser. The winner of this episode's Dota of the Week is. Former Browns defensive back Jermaine Whitehead. Now, why is he on this list? I think you all know, but for those who don't, let me clue you in. So the Browns played the Broncos in Mile High. I always call it Mile High. So they were in Denver. The two and five bunch turned into a two and six bunch with an uninspiring 24 to 19 loss. And then when the Browns went to the locker room, Whitehead grabbed the phone and he saw so many people going ham on him. So, three choices that Jermaine Whitehead did. He either, one, laughed at those fools and and just pointed to the phone and looked at one of his teammates and said, (laughs) scoreboard, (laughs) they're clowning me, but I get in the money. I got the bag. Two, went on Twitter and just said, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate your 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 comments and I'll take it under advisement. Or three, decided to threaten their lives. Yes, he decided to go with option number three. And let's go into how he went into option number three. When a post-game analyst for the Browns radio and television programming, Dustin Fox, typed on Twitter that Whitehead's tackling effort lacked effort, and it was a joke, Whitehead decided to tweet back, quote, come get it in blood, made little boy, I'm out there with a broke hand. Don't get smoked. 
<clears throat> Close quote. Now, another message that came to him that said, does Jermaine Whitehead still suck? And that person answered it on question and said, yup. They tagged Whitehead's account to that tweet. Whitehead responded, quote, I'ma kill you. <clears throat> That's on blood. Close quote. Now, Twitter saw that they briefly suspended his account after those tweets were put forth, but they released a suspension very shortly thereafter. But when they ended, Whitehead went ham one more time. <laughs> and he responded to one more message, which said, uh, quote, I'm back. <clears throat> Any of these hating <clears throat> can come catch these hands. Close quote. When one said he wanted to catch those hands, Whitehead posted his address. <sighs> All right, here we go. Son, son, what is you thinking? You already hot off of the loss. Why are you not giving yourself time to breathe, relax, and then if you want to respond, to do so in a calm manner. Because you know what? They don't affect your paycheck. Well, let me take that back. They weren't paying you. But in response to them, that is how they affect your paycheck. Now, if you were, were to respond to them by saying, you know something, you're right. My effort sucked today. I'm going to get it right. If you were to say something like that, they may have come back and started trolling some more. Heck, they may have actually gone to about face and say, you, you, you more of a man than I, that would be. I, I thank you for responding to me. I mean, you, you, you wouldn't have known, but what'd you do? You decide to say, I'm going to show him who's boss. You can have the entitlement of, I'm speaking my mind. I'm living in my truth. I'm delivering my peace all you want. When you go left and you threaten the fandom of the NFL, you're going to get gone. I think you got the message. Because you threatened an NFL fan, gone from the Browns you are. And you got the understanding that you were in deep water when a Browns rep said, you know what, let's take your phone, let's take you, let's get you out of here before the media gets a hold of all this. The first clue should have been that your Twitter account was briefly suspended. But you didn't let cooler heads prevail. These aren't reporters where you pretty much feel as though you could beat up on them if they were to ask a question that is not to your liking. No, this is fandom. It's a big difference with fans versus a reporter. Decorum, son. Decorum. Your quarterback is a prime example of what you shouldn't do. You should have learned from that and shut your mouth. There is a lesson to be learned here. 
the biggest and pretty much the only lesson to learn is if what I'm going to say is going to severely and adversely affect my bag, then I should take this tongue, which is attached in my mouth, and the lips that are at the end of said mouth, and keep them shut! Because if I were to open said mouth with said tongue, having these words fall off of my lips... I might affect my bag. And if I do affect my bag, then that means I need to put my thoughts on pause. You didn't? You're gone off of the fourth team in five years that you've been on. Jermaine, I want you to learn something, son. You can't pop off at the mouth all the time. You are a professional. You should conduct yourself as a professional. Now, within the locker room, you can say whatever four-letter bombs you want to let forth. You can threaten whoever you want. That's fine with everybody else, just as long as you, when it comes to the fans, not necessarily as much of reporters, but definitely when it comes to the fans, you don't bring that toxic energy to them. No matter how trollish they are, they still don't deserve it. And because of that, you're out of a job. You were making seven figures a year, man. And because you could not bite your tongue literally and figuratively, you're now unemployed. Oh, and memo to the Browns. That little tirade right there mixed with the tirade and the disrespect that Baker Mayfield had the the week before. This is why you're two and six. The ship is rudderless. You all better run the table. Or you're going to have to bust up this Dream Team 2.0 that people claim that you all were this year before it began, just like the Eagles had to do eight years prior. And Jermaine, son, it's not a crime to shut your mouth. And now, Threatening people with violence, with gang references, and with racial overtones. You might have an issue getting back into the shield again. I hope you do, and I hope you do with a repentant heart and mind and spirit. But you had to be shut down. Because you're being belligerent, dog. You can't do that. A presidential sports fan. Is it because he enjoys sports? Or is it for other means? Upon further review, is next. Perfect. You want to purchase shirts that actually say something that give you that appearance of being important, of wearing 
basically your heart as well as well your belief on your sleeve or on your shirt well come to the christian t-shirt company we have all of what you're looking for you can find that store at cold sports with a z.com I guess she said her computer broke at her desk, so yeah. she was moving to another desk. Yeah. From there on, like there, said, oh, no, no. After he was so rude to me. Yeah, I was very rude. Yeah, he was because he <laughs> he was so rude. I'm, he was so rude that it got my attention. Recording artist Kiara Craft, record producer Justin Craft, and the entrepreneurs and co-hosts of Date Night with the Crafts joins me on Revelations. That's on Pippa.io and all major podcast directories. Sports Week 12 of the NCAA football slate is on tap and things are getting hot because we are in the throes of November. Also, Week 11 of the NFL slate. Of course, we're going to go around the NBA a little bit. Go in on the subject. Dole of the Week is, of course, coming up. And upon further further review, we're going to break down a subject as we always do every episode that you hear us. That is for next week. For now. We talked about him before. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth about him again. The president of these United States, President Trump, Donald Trump, he's been making the sports circuit as of late. And he has talked about sports. He's tweeted about it often, but he's making appearances. What is that about? We uncover that. And upon further... Review. So here's the 45th president of these United States. He's making his rounds in the sports realm. Two weeks ago, he attended the World Series, Game 5 between the Nationals and the Astros. And for those who aren't aware, he was introduced. And once he was introduced, he was roundly and soundly booed with a few cheers. And then a chant of lock him up rang throughout the whole National Park Stadium. Then last weekend, he made a trip up to New York to watch a UFC fight. And so now we come to this weekend where he is going to make his rounds this time in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now you're saying a sporting event, Tuscaloosa. Well, I talked about this earlier, this episode. That's where Alabama plays. And the biggest game of the year, LSU Alabama, will be played Saturday afternoon. So you have these events, three consecutive weekends he goes to them. 
And we didn't see as much of him attending these events. Now, he's attended some events as president before, and he's attended sporting events as president before. Just not these types of events. Normally, Army, Navy, National Championship game, those events. But not just a regular UFC fight, not just, uh, well, an NCAA game. World Series is somewhat makes sense. I mean, hey, it is the biggest event of that sport. So, yeah, I get that. But I'm thinking it's more than just I'm a sports fan and I want to appear at it. And others seem to and tend to agree with that. Kenneth T. Walsh, a White House correspondent for U.S. News and World Report, and has been that for over 30 years, has this to say about President Trump's penchant for going to the sporting events as of late. Quote, Now that his election campaign is in full gear, he needs to use every opportunity he can to show he participates in popular culture. Close quote. Now he went on to say that he needs to bond with the country as many ways as he can. And that he recognizes different sports appeal to different people. Same as it would with politics. Now the president of the University of Alabama College Democrats, Jason Castillo, had this to say about the visit to Tuscaloosa. Quote, I'm not very shocked. LSU-Alabama is a very high-profile game. Fans of both these teams are going to be people who generally support them. So it's not very surprising to me at all, really. It seems like a pretty safe bet. Close quote. Now, let me go back a bit. In in Major Baseball, he found that, well, that's not a crowd that really will support him. Which would tend you would tend to think is a little different because the game is more conservative than any other, and you would think that you would have the most conservative fan base there. They probably would tend to lean conservative in their politics. Not so much as he found out in Nationals Park. Then he went to a USC fight Madison Square Garden, New York. Now New York is a, a Democrat haven, and he knows that he's lived there for decades. But he got a more mixed reaction than he did in Nationals Park. Now Tuscaloosa. This is an area of the country that loves Donald Trump. And why do I say that? In the county in which LSU and Alabama are playing, President Trump won it by almost 20 points. And his net approval rating in the whole state of Alabama, out of all 50, is the highest there. And I personally got a chance to witness when he made his presidential candidacy real the first place he spoke was in a stadium in the middle of the summer 2015 i will never forget this in mobile and the guy who turned out to be his his attorney general now of course he's gone jeff sessions was the one who ushered in president candidate trump so alabama is a friendly state to him and i'm with uh, mrs mr castillo i'm not surprised either because Alabama and Louisiana would support everything that Trump is about. That's just how it's been because, well, he has campaigned now, and I mean in rallies, in Florida, in North Carolina, 
in South Carolina, in Louisiana. So I mean, he's he's made the rounds down the south, and he went to Kentucky to make the rounds there. So it's not to me far fetched that the president is going to get roundly cheered, and I say that because the area is staunchly conservative. And the people are starting to conservative. Now, the most conservative game is football in terms of fandom. So if there was any event that I think he would attend and he may in Miami this year, this coming year, who knows? That's in three months. He may attend the Super Bowl there. So it's a it's not out of the realm of possibility that we will probably see him go there. But Walsh had this to say about having to do what President Trump seemingly is doing now. Quote, one of the dangers of presidents in being very visible sports fans is if people feel they're going too far and just using sports for crass political reasons. President Trump is willing to take the chance. He's willing to go to these events and risk being booed because he might get the opposite reaction. And he knows it will be covered widely. That fits into his reelection purposes. Close quote. I fully agree that this is more than just I want to get in a sporting event. I I fully agree that this is a a photo op. This is the opportunity to say, you know, I'm one of you like basically what Bill Clinton did when he was a candidate before his first administration term. And he played tenor saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show. It's a clever move if if it could be done the right way but it could backfire because you got people who would say oh he's grandstanding it does help that he enjoys sports but I think what might hurt him is that a lot of people are probably tired of him and whether he gets voted in again or not there might be a fatigue just in politics in general because politics as usual is seemingly not appealing to more and more people across the United States. So in my opinion, it could be Bernie Sanders there. He's still going to be booed. Just like President Obama was booed in 2016 when they saw his face. He wasn't attending the event. His face was shown during when he was doing a September 11th commemoration. I don't think this is party. And I don't even think this is person. I think this is occupation. This is a politician. You're a politician, you need to get out. And I really believe that is what we're seeing more than anything. However, Trump in certain places, he's going to get that love. And believe me, he's going to feel the love in Alabama. Enjoy the game, Mr. President. And I hope that you get what you're looking for. If you happen to like this episode or any episode that you have heard thus far, the subscribe button is flashing like a neon sign. Click it and subscribe to Cold Sports with the Z.com at Cold Sports with the Z.com. Now, if you want to have exclusive content, content only you get VIP, content that not even the rest of the world is privy to getting. Come on, the Patreon page is there. The button is there to click. CoSportsWithAZ.com. Now, if you feel the need to say something, you just need to put it in your voice. 
get it in that chest cavity and say it with your chest. Click that button that says VIP speak because I want to hear you speak VIP. CoSportsWithZ.com is where you can find it. Now, if you don't feel the need to speak something, but you feel the need to write something, you can email me. CoSportsWithZ.com is the place where you can get in touch with me via email. Now, you want to hear this voice on commercials or voiceovers or any other apparatus or or audio that you may hear. CoSportsWithZ.com is the place where you can find me. Now, if you have a passionate take, you have an intelligent take, you have a respectful take, the Cool Sports VIP room wants you. Come on. We're here. We're here. The private Facebook group is right here for you. CoolSportsWithZ.com is where you can find it. Now, you want to hear, hear guest appearances from me. The other brands that I have appeared on. Well, you can find that at CoolSportsWithZ.com. Now, are you healing from heartbreak and loss? Or do you want to hear how I get down in interviews? Well, you can hear that and more at ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. You can check out me and all of this expansive brand on ColdSportsWithAZ.com. And it doesn't matter where you listen to me, when you listen to me, or how you do. I just want you to do these one, two, three simple things. Love yourself with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Tell a neighbor to tell a neighbor to tell a friend to tell a friend about this particular program and enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson, and this is... You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.